Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50% to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. This is the Court Today replay on C103. We are into uh, Christmas week, hoping uh, we find you in good form. John Paul taking your calls at 1850-333-103. Text and WhatsApps to 0862-103-103. And looking on the papers today and actually online, there was some lovely scenes at the airports at Cork Airport, Dublin Airport, Shannon Airport of people arriving, coming home for Christmas. And I think it's probably even more special this year because many of our loved ones weren't able to make it home last year and there's some really very emotional scenes of families reuniting but what is interesting because of course there has been changes to the travel requirements on people flying into this country or coming in by ferry. It seems Dublin Airport was saying that there was an increase in the number of no-shows for flights and I did spot across the weekend a number of people putting up particularly on Twitter devastated uh, that they had gone for their antigen test testing or their PCR testing because you need to have that before you can board a flight uh, to discover that somebody in the family had tested positive. So family plans uh, in chaos, suddenly they weren't able to travel. And there was one guy in particular, he was an Irish journalist. I meant to check where he was working from. And uh, he put up that he was planning on coming home for Christmas. He wasn't home last year, all looking forward to it. And unfortunately, he got his antigen test, his back and he was uh, positive. So he was now going to be stuck in a flat in London for 10 days on his own feeling very sorry for himself and my initial reaction was actually somebody surely would invite him around for Christmas Day and then I realised nobody can invite him around for Christmas Day because he's tested uh, positive Some your heart would go out to uh, people like that and actually my own brother arrived early this morning he was on an overnight uh, ferry into uh, Ross Lair and obviously everybody he's had his vaccination he's had his booster jab but he had to have his antigen test done which he did and we were waiting yesterday to hear there was the antigen test okay and it was thank God but I was asking him this morning when he arrived you know did they check everything and he said yeah they were very strict on checking people you were not allowed onto the ferry and it's the same at the airports unless you had the negative antigen test or a PCR uh, test and he said that when he was showing his to the 
to the person who was checking it she was saying I just need to check the date when you had it done or he'd, he'd only had his done yesterday and uh, she said oh yeah that's fine off you go and she, he got chatting to her and she said that she'd already this was last night turned away a number of cars because they got their antigen test done longer than 48 hours if it's a PCR test you can have it done 72 hours before travelling but if it's an antigen test and it's antigen tests for people who have been vaccinated it must be done within 48 hours so just to get that message out if you have loved ones who will be travelling over the next number of days coming home for Christmas to make sure that their PCR test or their antigen test is done within the required time because they literally are not allowing people to uh, fly and I'm hearing of more people saying that they're getting on flights that they were expecting were full and they're not full and they're not full because of no shows because of the recent changes to the travel uh, requirements so just get that message out to if you have loved ones who will be uh, travelling at home. Now we are going to be talking about the booster jabs on the programme this morning and having a a pharmacist uh, joining us just to go through the do's and the don'ts about the booster jabs. Again, the papers are picking up on so many queues yesterday at vaccination centres. And I think because a lot of the vaccination centres yesterday and they did pop-up vaccination centres yesterday were for the first day for the over 40s. The over 40s weren't expected to get their boosters until the 27th of December, but they brought that forward. And of course, at the beginning, when they open up for any age group, there's always a huge amount of uh, queues. I know, don't know what it was like here in Cork but certainly in Dublin they had to turn people away because there were so many queues had uh, formed but as we've been saying to people with the booster jabs check in with your GP check in with your pharmacies because they are all running vaccination centres as well and people I think are just really desperate now as we hear in Christmas week and with Omicron, which two weeks ago, 1% of our cases were from the, were the new Omicron variant. And yesterday we were at 52% of all the new cases now are the Omicron variant. Exactly as was predicted would happen, has happened. And we know that people, in order to try to protect yourself as best you can, having that booster shot certainly gives you additional uh, protection. So if you have a question about the booster shot, get it into us, please. You can call John Paul at 1850 or you can text or WhatsApp a question in to 0862103103. And it's good to see the Chief Medical Officer is coming out and dismissing reports that were in a lot of Sunday papers yesterday of this impending lockdown. He said it's it's speculative. Now he is saying we have this highly transmittable Omicron variant uh, but and it is the dominant strain uh, here in this country but he said that they are not talking about a lockdown. A senior cabinet source speaking to the Irish Examiner today says the cabinet has been reassure, assured by Neffet's of Neffet by members of Neffet that there are no truth in reports of a December the 30th lockdown and that's what was being spoken about in a lot of the Sundays yesterday. Tony Houlihan and the Taoiseach Micheál Martin spoke yesterday amid the reports that Ireland we will be facing a new lockdown or full new lockdown measures. Sources have confirmed that Dr Tony Houlihan said Though the COVID situation will be monitored very closely, he said these reports of a full lockdown from the 30th of December, he said, are entirely 
speculative. On Friday, members of NEFET, of course, brief members of the Cabinet. There was no reference at that meeting to lockdown uh, plans and NEFET actually are not due to meet again until the 6th of uh, January. The Taoiseach says... He is backing up that though by saying, hang on though, of course, you've got to remember there are no guarantees and they will keep monitoring the situation over the Christmas and over the new year. But they are very heartened by the booster uh, progress. There was over 12,000 cases of COVID-19 confirmed. That was just over the weekend. Dr Houlihan said it has taken less than two weeks for Omicron to become the dominant strain of COVID-19 in this country. And he made the point, look, we have slowed transmission of this disease in the past using all of the basic measures and by responding immediately if you have any symptoms. He said it is extremely important that we do everything we can to once again flatten the curve of this wave. We've done it in the past. We know what to do. We know the basic uh, rules. And he said if we can do it, we can prevent unnecessary deaths. We can prevent risk to the very vulnerable and of course, we can protect our health service. The HSC's Chief Clinical Officer, Colm Henry, he says there is very good evidence that the booster vaccination does restore protection from from, uh, systematic infection. It can also slow down the pace of the spread of the variant and more than anything, it gives the system a chance to respond. And as I say, there was large clues queues, the over 40s, turned out in great numbers yesterday. Around 290,000 vaccines had been carried out in the last six days according to Paul Reid of the HSE. So 1.5 million boosters and third doses have been distributed to uh, date. And then of course the Public Expenditure Minister Michael McGrath, he is today going to announce changes to the supports for businesses affected by COVID-19. He'll be doing that today. He and the Cabinet will meet again tomorrow and if a further meeting is required over Christmas, they will arrange that. At the moment, they're not due to meet over Christmas, but if needs must, if something happens, they will meet. Um, Michael McGrath said that the government has committed to the enhanced rates of the Employment Wage Subsidy Scheme and they're also looking to changes to the COVID restrictions support uh, scheme. And let's all of us, you know, think of those in hospitality. Some in hospitality will hang on to their jobs. We know that the new rules come in, that it's an eight o'clock closing from tonight. And of course, some people took the decision to close their businesses. They would have done their last serving last night. So that means there are people waking up this morning who are without a job and will be without out a job over Christmas and certainly into the new year because the restrictions that are in place are in place until the end of uh, January. So your heart would go out to anybody in hospitality. I heard of one woman talk about her husband who was a chef who was facing into, if his job goes, this will be his third time losing his job because of the various lockdowns. And she just said she watched him on each of the lockdowns. She watched how his mental health was affected and she said she really fears for him this time. So it's a really tricky and a difficult time for those in hospitality. But as I say, Public Expenditure Minister Michael McGrath is saying, look, we're going to be in there to give as much support as we can to those businesses that are affected by the new restrictions which uh, kick in as and from today. 1850-333-103. John Paul, taking your calls, you can text or WhatsApp to 0862-103-103. And can I 
called this out to you. I meant to do it on Friday, but we were so busy on Friday, I didn't get a chance to do it. And it went up on a notice board late last week uh, for Glanmire notice board. And actually it was picked up. It was the Mallow Act of Kindness page uh, picked it up because they're great to share kind of good news stories and happy feel good stories. And there is a Mallow connection to this story. And it was somebody who posted up, as I say, on the Glanmire uh, notice board uh, to say, I am a woman with a disability and I drive a car with hand controls. Last night, my hand controls snapped while driving. I managed, I don't know how, to get the car to stop and I called the Gardaí in Mallow. Two officers arrived out. One was called Tim and one was called Maria. After unsuccessfully calling several wheelchair taxis, these two amazing people, one of them driving my car and the other one driving the squad car, took me 60 miles home to West Limerick. Limerick. They were polite, they were friendly and they were my angels last week. I think they deserve recognition for restoring my faith in humanity. Thanks to both of them. Isn't that just gorgeous? I don't know who Tim and Maria are and if anyone from Allogardi is listening and can give us the surnames of Tim and Maria. But there is a pair of Gardi who went above and beyond. They couldn't get their hand controls to work. This poor lady had no other way of getting home if she's, you know, she she drives with hand controls. Car could work. There's nothing wrong with the car. It's just the hand controls weren't working. But how about going? And, you know, if she'd got the taxi home, she would have had the other problem then the next day of trying to get back to get her car. But to do that really is terrific. So well done to Tim and Maria based out of Mallow, a Garda station that really was a wonderful, generous uh, act. Somebody's been on to say, hi, Patricia, we've been invited to a wedding on the 1st of January. Uh, we know there are more than 100 people going. Do you know how we are going to be affected? <laughs> I don't um, there's going to be an awkward telephone conversation with the bride or the groom. I take it if you don't hear from the bride or the groom, then you're still on the uh, list because the new measures that have come in as in from midnight last night, 100 people are allowed at a wedding and the restrictions stay in place until the 30th of January because somebody else was on about a wedding that they're going to in February and will how will that be affected? Well, these new restrictions are in place whether they'll change on the 30th of January, I don't know. But for weddings, 100 people are allowed to attend the wedding. And for someone else who's asking about staying in a hotel, all restaurants and bars, excluding takeaways or delivery services, have to close at 8pm. That's from uh, tonight. The closing time also applies to hotel bars and restaurants, but only for non-residents. Guests who are staying in the hotel can avail of hospitality beyond eight o'clock. But if you're a non-resident, you need to leave the hotel by uh, eight o'clock. But for the weddings, the capacity is limited to one 100 uh, guests and that's going to be a rather tricky act now for people to so if you have been invited to a wedding between now and the 30th of uh, January unless you hear from whoever is having the wedding you can take it you're going but you may have a phone call saying that no sorry you're not going to be able to uh, attend we've uh, Irish Water by the way they are this is to do with some calls in about a problem with water in Clonakilty. Irish Water say repairs to a burst water main and it's affecting supply to Clonakilty and some surrounding areas and that's going to happen until 5pm 
today okay so it isn't your house because every time we get calls in from people it's to do with uh, is there something wrong with the water in my house and people frantically trying to work out what it is so Irish Water apologising for any inconvenience caused but they are working on that as we speak let me quickly go to Rachel who is in Donnerail and this is to do with a scam call good morning to you Rachel Hi, Patricia, how are you? I'm not too bad. Good. You've had a scam call, but, I, but you, I know. you I knew. I knew. on the radio and everything to tell no. it. Go on. Yeah, I, but you, did you know straight away it was oh, a scam? Oh, my goodness. No. Oh, no, not okay. at all. Go on, Absolutely tell us. Absolutely not at all. I was here just walking down our park and I got this call from Amazon and they had details about me that... Oh, Rachel has a problem, a problem with Rachel. Oh, hello. Oh, no, we we lost the line there completely. Okay, let's see if we can get Rachel back because this is a cautionary tale, I think particularly for this week because this week is an extremely busy week for so many people for who, who parcels will be coming in and people are busy as well with everything else that is going on. Are we getting Rachel back? Uh, with everything else that's going on, people are going to be, you mightn't have your A game when it comes to it. So you need to be more, okay, Rachel is back. Okay, it was just the Hello, line. I'm are you sorry. back? That's okay. All right, don't move. You're in a good signal. Here in the park. Okay. <laughs> okay, tell us um, what happened. No, so they came on the phone and they said that um, my Amazon Prime was um, uh, to be taken out of my account today. Um, and they were just informing me that uh, if I wanted to cancel it, I could cancel it. So I said, I don't want Amazon Prime. So I, I went and I pressed the number and then they put me through to this guy. And he's very believable. He even knew what I'd ordered, um, uh, the last thing I ordered in Amazon. And I said, this juice, God, that's, I knew you must be genuine enough if they knew what I'd ordered in the last time on Amazon. And um, they said, you know, you want to cancel this? And I said, well, I don't want to be paying 70 euros. Why am I paying Prime um, Amazon? And uh, so they made me go on this app. And I said, OK, so I started downloading the app. And I said, mm, why are these my weaknesses? And then he, he kind of st- he went on about saying other stuff. And he was very believable, you know. And then he wanted me to connect um, to press this button for security. And I said, no, 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 this isn't right. I said, no, I said. And then he said, no, no, this is believable. This is Amazon. Um, this is due with our your Prime. And, and as we told you, you've ordered this in the last, you ordered off Amazon Prime in the last week. And they told me what I'd ordered. And I said, okay. And then I said, no, 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 this isn't right. And he said, oh, I'll put you on to my supervisor. And uh, he put me on to my supervisor, but it was definitely the same man again. Okay. Yeah. I said, no. I said, I'm going. Thank you. Goodbye. So you but didn't, you didn't so down. No, you didn't download anything, did you? I downloaded. They pressed this download button of this app initially, and I got in. And then he was looking for this number, and I gave him the number. But I didn't give him the full number. I said, "No, no, this isn't right." And then he started to kind of say, "Oh, you need to press this to go security." And I said, "No, nah, no, nah, I'm okay. done." And I deleted, deleted, deleted straight away. Okay, I would also advise you get onto your bank. Just. Oh, Honest, yeah. Did you? Yeah, just to be sure, to be sure. Yeah, but, but very, very believable. Like he knew, he knew what I'd ordered from Amazon in the last week. Which is see, that's that is scary. <laughs> that really yes. is scary. Did he? Was he? Was it over? Was it called overseas? Did he have an accent? He had an, yeah. an accent. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but 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 very good English. Extremely good English. Yeah. yeah. Extremely good English. And I spoke to Amazon then and, I mean, you know, she she said, yes, 
you know, we never contact you by phone, but she said we've been told in the last week that there's a very elaborate Amazon calls going out there that are very believable and they have got access into the, into the Amazon accounts. So they were able to see what I'd ordered. And, 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 and of course, when you hear something like that, then it becomes very believable. Yeah, oh, extremely believable. <laughs> Okay, all right. Cautionary tale. Be very careful. Anybody getting a call from Amazon Prime, hang up immediately. 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 It's not because they were trying to get into my phone to control my phone. Yeah, and that's it. Then then they're into your bank and you're gone. Yeah. You're you're, you're gone. Are you out in Donneret Park, are you? Yes. Out for your walk. (laughs) Lovely morning for us. Listen, enjoy, Rachel. Thanks for that. And thanks, sir. Thanks for putting the alert out for others, the Amazon Prime scam artists. And I think those lads and lassies are going to be very, very busy this week for sure. 1850-333-103 John Paul taking your calls text or WhatsApp 0862-103-103 Court today on C103 With Sean Cusack Insurance's Kinsale now part of McCarthy Insurance Group for motor, home, business, farm, life and health insurance cmig.ie The HSC is ramping up the rollout of the COVID-19 vaccine programme with a revised plan to expand the booster programme amid concerns over a rise in the Omicron cases. Peter Weedle of Weedle's Pharmacy in Mallow once again joins me to explain how this revised booster plan will work. Good morning to you, Peter. Good morning, Patricia. And you're very welcome. Now, is the evidence clearly there that people need a third jab, particularly to protect, and especially to protect against this new variant? Absolutely, Patricia. Everyone needs to get this because the new variant, the Omicron variant, um, was escaping the initial vaccinations. So anyone that had the Janssen, anyone that had the AstraZeneca, probably only have about a 20% protection against Omicron. Uh, Those that got the mRNA vaccines, the Pfizer and the Moderna, have a higher level, but it's only about 40%. But what has been shown is that with the boosters, that has been taken up to 95% against Delta and 75% against Omicron. So the evidence is there. We all need to get the boosters and we need to have them yesterday. Okay, as of today, who's entitled to one of those boosters? Um, uh, The minister uh, on Twitter on, I think, about 10 o'clock on Friday night uh, moved it down to the uh, 40 years and over. Um, So the... um, up to Friday, it was only 50 years and over. So it literally changed on Friday night down to 40 years and over. OK, and obviously all healthcare workers has been a big push for them to get Oh yeah, well, healthcare workers were being done as well and there was various other um, people at, at risk from various conditions. They were all being uh, dealt with as well. But the, the, the panic has really set in now. I think we've seen it over the last couple of days with, with governments where... They, you know, we've seen the pubs being cut back in in time and so on. So panic hit government last week and uh, we're we're racing against time now to get as many people vaccinated with the booster to give as much protection as possible against this Omicron variant. And there are now a number of ways for people to access a booster. It's not just through the vaccination centres. No, no. Look, it's all hands on deck at this stage. So there's the mass vaccination centres, obviously. Uh, There's GPs have been doing it, pharmacies are doing it. And um, the IMO have got a lot more GPs getting involved to to do their own patients. Uh, The Irish Pharmacy Union are trying to get as many pharmacies involved as possible. And as many pharmacies as possible are trying to get involved. And 
Uh, I know of a pharmacy where they literally sold off all their Christmas stock a week ago and cleared the decks and are just doing vaccinations. My goodness. My goodness. So it's, 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 there's a huge effort. It's a bit of a scramble. I mean, really, this should have been done months ago. We should have started this booster program back at the beginning of August and not really at the beginning of October. We're two months behind behind the curve on this one. Yeah, and is there enough vaccines in the country? There, there is a huge amount of vaccine in the country. I think we've about two million doses of Moderna, which is an mRNA vaccine, which actually is, apparently is going to go out of date in, in January. So I think we probably have, as Gay would have said in the past, we've more than one for everyone in the audience. I think we probably have about two Yeah, for but it's just, it's just to get it, as you say, into people's arms. Yeah, as, as it, it, it's literally the logistics of getting it done now and having now, enough people on the ground to do it. Now, a couple of other things have changed. The 15-minute wait after the vaccine, Vaccine. Is that completely gone now? That's completely gone. That was a legal requirement. It was a, as part of what's called the SPC, the summary of product characteristics. So every uh, anyone that was vaccinated with a vaccine had to be kept um, uh, under observation for 15 minutes. Uh, everyone would have been familiar with that. Um, the UK were the first ones to drop that. I think about a week ago, the, the, the chief medical officers in the UK uh, suggested dropping it. And last week, <coughs> excuse me, Ireland dropped it as well. It's it's probably best. I mean, what we're operating, we were operating as of yesterday, is we we're, we're asking people to stay for at least five minutes. Hmm. Um, we can't keep them. In the past, we had to keep them for 15. That was a legal obligation on us. No, that's gone. But we're asking people to stay for at least five minutes. Because if, if, if they're going to get an anaphylactic reaction, then it's going to be usually within the first couple of minutes, you know, 90, 90 95% chance in the first couple of minutes. Yeah. And most people are quite happy to stay for the few minutes. Yeah, but in all the people that you vaccinated, Peter, did you ever have anybody have any kind of a reaction? Uh, not yet, no. thank God. No. Um, but uh, there, it does exist. Um, yeah. There are various figures, but it, it's it's about somewhere between seven to twelve per million the population. So obviously, in Ireland, we would expect you know forty or fifty people to to have that. Yeah, uh, and the and the other thing that changed the five months wait since your last vaccine. Yes, they brought that down as well. Um, I think it's because the data is showing that the Omicron is escaping the older vaccines. <clears throat> In particular, um, we have uh, we've a, we've a problem on our hands with regard to the Janssen vaccine and the AstraZeneca vaccine because they are of the, if you will the old technology. They're kind of viral vector vaccines. And what's been clear now is that they're only giving at maximum probably twenty percent protection against Omicron. Now, the good news is that if those anyone that had AstraZeneca, as I had myself or, or other people who had Janssen, if they get the, an mRNA vaccine, that's either the Moderna or the Pfizer vaccine, then their uh, immunity against Omicron will be increased quite significantly. And, and it's not that much different to someone that had, let's say, Pfizer, dose one, dose two and dose three. There's only a few percentage points in it and, it, and they will be up into the 70s. So it is vital that as many people as possible get the um, booster as quickly as possible because the more of us that are protected, the better. Yeah, some questions in. Pat says, I'm getting uh, my booster on Thursday. I've been told I'm getting a Pfizer. Is that right? I got Janssen the first time round. He's getting the best one, yeah. Pfizer, yeah. Pfizer and Moderna, the mRNAs. Everyone is getting that. The only people who will not get a, a Pfizer or a Moderna are those that are allergic to a particular any of the ingredients in those vaccines, usually a propylene glycol. In that scenario, we're actually giving 
um, Jensen, but that would only actually be done in a mass vaccination centre. Okay. So each of the mass vaccination centres carry one Jensen vaccine to be used in the case where there's an allergy against Pfizer or Moderna. Okay, Thomas in uh, from Moy says, Hi Patricia, myself and my wife are both going for our boosters tomorrow morning. We're very nervous about it because we were both quite unwell after our previous vaccines. Right. Yeah. The yes. I think this time round, most people are finding that the reactions are very mild. Um, the w- most complaints we have is really just a sore arm, um, a tenderness in the arm, uh, and that usually passes within um, overnight, so within twenty four hours. So, because a, a, a strong reaction against the vaccine is 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 quite a good sign, in that. People have been sick for two or three days when they got the first or second doses. And that kind of shows that they were actually very, very healthy. That's the body reacting against the mm-hmm. vaccine. So it's, it, it's a good sign in one way that you have a really, uh, a really strong side Reaction, effect yeah, of the vaccine. Yeah, because it shows your immune system is kicking in yeah. uh, straight away. Absolutely. But as you say, I've heard of so many people who were unwell after the first one and on the booster saying, you know, other than, I, I mean, I know my arm was a bit sore for a day or two and that was it and, it. and, and no yeah. reaction. Yeah. Then the other one we're getting a lot of calls in are from people who had COVID uh, since being vaccinated and they can't get a booster for six months. Is that still in place? That's still in place because the view was that natural immunity, as in the COVID COVID infection itself, is the same as getting a booster. Now, there is a concern, I suppose, is that if the natural immunity they have, does that offer enough protection against Omicron? The data from South Africa would seem to indicate it is because we're being lulled into a false sense of security in regard to Omicron because what they're seeing in South Africa, which is where Omicron, I think, towards the end of of November, November 25th, was first uh, identified, there's been actually a lower death rate in South Africa. Now, the South African population is a lot younger than the Irish population on average. But what they're finding is that natural immunity, because the, there wasn't a huge amount of vaccination had been done in South Africa, but they reckon that somewhere about 80% of the population had actually been exposed to the, a previous round of, of COVID, either Delta or Alpha. So the, and they, they're not getting that many deaths with it. So definitely natural immunity is giving a degree of protection. So the do, question, the yeah. question would be, and I would, it could well be that we might need to bring that back. And so, not six months, but it might be well, not within three months um, that we would then give boosters. The thing is that the BioNTech, the German company who developed the mRNA in in Europe, uh, the Pfizer vaccine as it is now, but it, uh, they're working closely with BioNTech. They have already made um, the Omicron variant vaccine. That's already ready to go into production. And in fact, the EU have bought 180 million doses of it. So um, by March, there is going to be an Omicron vaccine booster, if you will. Well, we all have to get that as well. Um, Probably, by the looks of it. Um, Look, we're having to guess at this stage, uh, Patricia. We're going to have uh, anyone that that gets the booster today uh, and will have cover within seven days of... Um, of receiving the vaccine for, and their cover will be about seventy to seventy-five percent against Omicron. That's okay. pretty. That's pretty good. Where are we going to be in in three or four months' time? Um, hard to predict. I would imagine another vaccine probably in the springtime. That should hopefully be it. But I'm being very cautious because we're probably going to be looking at vaccination like flu every year from now on. 
but that's that's a guess, a guess yeah, on my part. Yeah. Okay, John wants to know if you're on medication, like medication for blood pressure, do you need to check with your GP first before no, getting a booster? No, no, there's no concern with regard to blood pressure medication. There's no interactions with any of the medications that people would be on with the vaccine. The only thing you will need to tell your vaccinator is that um, you, if you're on an anticoagulant, so the things like warfarin, yeah. so which thin the blood, just so as they're aware, um, and most people that would be on anticoagulants would be well aware if they were going to the dentist, they would tell the dentist for uh, that they, they have a chance of bleeding, you know, a more more profuse bleeding. Yeah. And that's important for for the vaccination. But there's well. no other medication. No other medication. Actually, just back on the people who had COVID who can't get the booster, uh, a number of people are pointing out how unfair it is with the changes to the close contacts. If you're a close contact and you've had a booster, you have to, self, you have to limit your uh, interactions for five days. But if you don't have a booster, you have to do that for 10 days. That's going yeah, to be that's yeah. unfair. That's kind of unfair on the people yeah. who can't get a booster through uh, through no fault of their own. Yeah. Okay, does Peter have any idea when they're going to start on vaccinating children, the five to eleven year olds? Well, well apparently they're starting next week. The, the first delivery is in. Um, it's going to be done initially through the hospitals for uh, uh, children who have underlying conditions and are high risk. So I, I, I believe that's probably going to start within the next couple of days. The question now is going to be, it's a matter really for government and policy or an effort to, to figure out when are we going to start vaccinating the 5 to 11-year-olds. You know, is, it, is boostering the 20-year-olds who got Janssen more important than boostering the 5 to 11-year-olds? That's Luckily, that's not my decision. That's for, for mm. bigger powers than I am to, to figure that one out. Ideally... You know, we're still looking at vaccination right through January and February, I think, given just the sheer numbers of people. Um, so when it's, it's, it's going to be a matter for government to, to prioritise which one they want to go for with first. Okay. But certainly every uh, the, the children vaccination is important. We know it's spreading like wildfire through the schools. And um, certainly if they were my children or my grandchildren, I would be getting them vaccinated as soon as I possibly can. So it's vitally important. Okay. And your own vaccination centre at the pharmacy, what are you operating this week? Uh, we're chock-a-block, but yeah. we're, we, we, we were uh, with a full team on all day yesterday from 8 in the morning till 6, and we're not doing anything today. We're just trying to take a, uh, some bit of a respite, and then we're operating Tuesday, Wednesday and Thursday uh, all day. Are you fully booked? Pretty much, yeah. yeah. We've, uh, we've, we're, we're, we still have a waiting list of about 700, um, but, the, but there's a lot of people on that waiting list now who are not in the age cohorts. Okay. So we, um, as of Friday, we were down to about f- people at 52 years of age, and I think today we're now down into, we're, go- we're down into 46, 47. Okay, all right. So yeah. we're, 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 trying to, we're trying to allocate out as quickly as we can. Um, and I mean, like 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 everyone else, does people are trying to get vaccinated anywhere they possibly can, yeah. understandably. So we are getting a lot of cancellations coming through. Um, because people that have been vaccinated who were booked with us are now managed to get it in a mass vaccination yeah. centre or from GP. Take it wherever you can get it. Mary Amado yeah. says, well, you've got Peter on. Would you please thank him and the rest of his team? I was vaccinated there. What a wonderful, efficient service they're running. And I can put my hands up and agree because that's where I got my booster right, as well. That's You have a great programme going there for sure. OK. Now, this is a how long is a piece of string. When will we see the end of this pandemic, Peter? I think we're probably coming towards the end of the pandemic, but it's going to become endemic. What that means is we're going to live with it. So, as I said earlier, it's going to be like flu. It's going to be there with us always, and we're going to have to protect 
uh, the population that are more vulnerable. So probably, again, like the flu, anyone that's over 50 will probably have to get a, an annual vaccination uh, uh, for covid Anyone that's got underlying conditions below 50, you know, if they've got diabetes or respiratory uh, issues, they'll have to be vaccinated. So it's, it's, at the moment, it's looking like it's going to be a kind of a flu scenario. And, I mean, there's a number of companies working on a com- combination flu and COVID vaccine in the, in the one injection. Now, I'm not a great fan of that idea, but, I mean, I can see that it's going to be a convenience, that it's one, one jab. But we've, we've done a lot of people over the last week or two now where they've come in for their COVID booster, they're in their 60s, and they said, oh, look, as I'm here, can I have the flu as well? And we've done one into one arm and one into the other. And it's been, you know, it's been, it's been fine. Okay, and the other one then is when people receive their booster vaccine, it's not going on to the vaccine cert. Um, it is being logged into the uh, to the system. Um, so uh, the um, COVAX, which is the overall HSE system, and then there's two kind of, if you will, um, siblings to that, the GP Vax and PharmaVax, which is a GP and pharmacy systems, and they we're they're interacting with COVAX. So the, the the information is being logged and it's there, but apparently they're not issuing out the certificates. Again, it would be an unfairness that those that have got a a, a certificate that says they've got a booster against those that haven't had the opportunity. To to get a booster. My understanding, and I could be wrong on this, is that there is no intention to replace the current vaccination certificates till about March. Mm. Um, and so in March, then, when everyone has, has at least had the opportunity to get a vaccine, and if they haven't got it, well, then it's, the, if you will, it's not, it's not, it's not their, it's their own fault, yeah. as opposed to being government not allowing them to get it. Um, so in fairness, I think that's probably a reasonable situation. But again, you know, the, the vaccination centres, GPs and pharmacies are, uh, you know, logging all the information into the, the central system. So it should be there. OK. All right. And if somebody's asking, are you offering walk-in uh, clinic? You're obviously not with no, the waiting list that you no, have. Because, well, I mean, I just saw yesterday, Patricia, with, uh, with City West and Swords where, you know, people were queuing from before dawn and yeah. closing off gates at nine o'clock in the morning. Um, we're trying to organise it such that, you know, when people come in, they're vaccinated and they leave and that hopefully we're not taking more than 10 or 15 minutes out of their day okay. and, and, you know, they're not having to spend the whole day queuing up in the rain or anything like Well, that. you're doing it well because I can see there's a lot of WhatsApps and texts coming in saying congratulations to Peter on the brilliant booster service he and his staff are uh, offering and there's countless ones uh, like that. Okay, uh, very kind. Uh, very Peter, kind. listen, as always, thank you. Pleasure to talk to you. Thank uh, you have Patricia. a happy and a safe Christmas to you and the staff. And the same to you and all your of your people there. Thanks a million. Regards to all. Thanks, thanks, for, thanks for that. Bye bye. That is uh, Peter Weedle of Weedle's Pharmacy in Mallow. 1850-333-103. Lines open. Court today on C103. With John Cusack Insurance's Kinsale. Now part of McCarthy Insurance Group. They don't just talk the talk, they walk the walk. CMIG.ie. And just on the booster jab, somebody says, Fish, I was really knocked out after my booster jab for about 24 hours. I took to the bed, but then I was fine after that. And someone in Mill Street says, listening to your booster vaccine slot I had two jabs of AstraZeneca uh, many months ago and my booster jab was a Pfizer the point is I phoned my local pharmacy in Mill Street it took longer to fill out the forms than I did to get the jab fair play to Reens in Mill Street done and dusted no queuing in and out so happy really nice people and Marae to administer the jab so good to have this facility I just hope everybody gets their booster jab in time thanking you and that's from R in Mill Street 
So check in with your pharmacies and your GPs. A lot of the GPs now are starting to do it uh, as well. They really are playing a blinder. OK, I'm backed up on that break. So I need to get another quick break in before we head to news at uh, 11. And after 11, we're going to be catching up with on post as they head into their busiest week of the year uh, to see how all our postmen and women have been getting on. Court today on C103. With Sean Cusack Insurance's Kinsale. Now part of McCarthy Insurance Group. Want great advice? You know who to talk to. CMIG.ie. You're listening to Cork Today on Replay. Phone and text lines are currently closed. Some of your thoughts coming in before I go to, oh, I want to read this email on the boosters. But before I did that, there was a text in earlier from a listener about local property tax. Say, hi, Patricia, just wondering, have people received their local property tax bills in the post? I filled out the valuation form like everybody else a couple of months ago and I've had nothing back since. I don't think you are going to be hearing anything back. I remember when we had our information piece with revenue and I remember that was one of the questions saying, will or that will letters come out to tell people when to pay and we were told no that you literally if you pay by direct debit obviously the money will go out automatically once you've done the valuation you've done everything that that revenue ask of you then it's up to you to pay your local property tax at the valuation you set for your property uh, you can do it online uh, you can also do it through uh, post offices etc obviously if you're going into the post office to do it you'll need your property ID and you just pay the amount that you've agreed is the valuation on your property. But as far as I know, nobody's going to be getting any follow-up letter. There was the initial letter that went out telling people back on the, wasn't it the 1st of November, you had to value your house at what it was valued at on the 1st of November this year. I think you had a week, there was a week after that, wasn't it, all the valuations had to go in. So no, I don't think you're going to, you're not going to be getting, you're not going to get a follow-on letter from uh, from a revenue at this stage. Uh, 1850 333 he said it was 90 days since yesterday that my daughter got her second booster. Can she get a booster now? Well, if she falls into the category, she can. They've removed the five months. They've brought it back to three months. People, because it was catching a lot of people with the AstraZeneca, because people with the AstraZeneca had, had waited a longer period for their second dose. So many of those would have been into January before they were due a booster. So they've removed that requirement. Well, they've brought it back to uh, three months. So if she's in any of the categories that are listed at the moment anyone over anyone aged over 40 but then there are other people immune compromised in that so certainly yes if she's at the 90 day mark she will be okay to get her booster and then hi uh, uh, Patricia oh this came in from Dr Paula Sullivan who is with the Marina Medical Centre in Bantry. And I'm, I'm assuming he's probably reflecting what other GPs are seeing as well. Now, unfortunately, the man is so flat out busy. We were hoping to have a quick few words with him on the programme this morning, but he's just so busy at the moment. So... I'll read out his email instead. And he said, I work as a GP in West Cork, the Marino Medical Centre in Bantry. We have been trying to get people to take up their booster jabs against COVID as part of the National HSE campaign. We've been contacting our patients and there's a very significant reluctance to take it up before Christmas with many people seeing, saying, Asher, I'll wait and I'll come into you after Christmas. We need to get the message out that we only have a very limited window to get the jabs into people. And GPs are putting up extra clinics to do so 
but at the cost of deferring non-urgent clinical work. And it may be too late once Christmas comes as the Omicron outbreak, which has which will have overtaken this country by then. It's already starting to happen. Look what's going on in the UK. They are experiencing exponential growth and it's going to happen here in Ireland as well. And if you look at already in two weeks, it's gone from 1% of cases to 52% of cases uh, today. Please publicise this on your programme and let people know that if your local GP contacts you to say you are due a booster, please don't be putting it off and saying, Asher, I'll wait and I'll come back to you in the new year. Go in as soon as uh, possible please. Now as I say that's from uh, Dr Paula Sullivan in Bantry but I am assuming that's probably been reflected in a lot of other GP practices as well. Has this happened to anybody else? The listener says can anybody explain this? My home antigen test I tested positive twice went and had my PCR test a day later and it tested negative can that happen yes it can you can have what's called a false positive and indeed you can have a false negative on the antigen test as well it's unusual it's unusual that you test positive and then test negative on the PCR but that's not to say that I haven't heard it happening to other people as well but generally speaking if your antigen test comes up positive 9 out of 10 times then your PCR will be positive as well so breathe a sigh of relief that you got a false positive and that you were actually negative because anybody now testing a positive it's your Christmas is completely gone hopefully if you've been vaccinated you won't be too unwell but it's just it's that the whole thing of being locked down over Christmas and I know with the changes that they've made to the close contacts this was also announced last Friday there's changes if you get identified as a close contact you must restrict your movements for five days that's if you have even if you've received a booster vaccine and it is 10 days if you haven't received a booster vaccine and uh, restricting your movements basically means do not go to work unless you work on your own and can completely avoid other people. Uh, It also means do not go out shopping. If it's a school child, do not go to school. Do not use public transport. Do not have any visitors to your uh, home. And obviously now there's huge concern about this, about the close contact and the new rules around close contact. There's huge concerns about the impact it's going to have on frontline workers, uh, people like the Gardaí, the Fire Brigade, local authorities. I mean, it really is. And businesses are already starting to say to, to, to say if we get a lot of Omicron into this country over Christmas and it spreads a lot and people are identified as close contacts there will be a lot of employers are going to have phone calls from employees saying I can't come to work because I've been deemed a close contact but as I say if you've had your booster uh, then you will have to restrict your movement for five days if you're a close contact but if you don't have your booster you will have to restrict your movement for ten days and that's the one that's catching a number of people who can't get a booster through no fault of their own, people who have had COVID, the rules that the HSE are abiding to at the moment is if you've had COVID, then you can't get a booster shot for six months after your confirmed diagnosis with 
COVID. And then if you get identified as a close contact, then you're going to restrict your moving for 10 days. It's interesting, in the UK, they've changed the rule. And I'm wondering, will the HSE here look at it and do something similar here? Because in the UK, if you've tested positive for COVID-19, you only have to wait four weeks, 28 days from the day of your positive test in order to get a booster They had been six months as well, but because of what's happening with Omicron in the UK, they have decided to bring that back. So they are now offering booster shots to anyone who had COVID 28 days after they were positive. But in this country, at the moment, you have to wait six months. Now, things change so quickly with a lot of these, particularly with the booster programme. I mean, only last week we were saying on the programme that the over 40s wouldn't be receiving, the 40, 49 year olds wouldn't be offered a booster until the 27th and of course they started that yesterday instead there was a time where you had to wait only up to last week you had to wait five months it was six months at one stage then it went to five months before you could get your booster they've now reduced that to uh, three months for everybody it had been reduced to three months for for Janssen but it's been reduced to three months for everyone so will they look at people who have had COVID who can't get a booster I think they will because I think the problem it's going to cause is a lot of businesses are really going to be affected if staff have to check out for 10 days please God they won't have They'll have been identified as close contact, but they may not pick up uh, COVID-19. But if they have to restrict their movements and not go to work, it is going to have, uh, uh, it is going to make a lot of problems for people. And I saw one senior minister uh, saying over the weekend that, you know, some sectors, some businesses are really afraid about this introduction of the new rules around the close contacts and uh, that they may not be workable in some businesses. So kind of watch this space. But at the moment, if you've had COVID, you can't get a booster until your six months post that uh, date. Uh, 1850-333-103 John says, Patricia, what are the government going to do about house parties? No use closing pubs early. Off licences should also be closed. We've been saying that for the last two years, uh, says John. Well, some people have been saying that for the last two years, John. Drink has a lot to answer for. There would be very little COVID in the country, only for drink and parties, etc. John says, everybody's looking for a booster so they can go drinking and partying for Christmas. Well, you can't say that. I went and got my booster, happily rolled up my sleeve and got my booster. And I'm certainly didn't get my booster, John, so that I can go drinking or partying at Christmas. I did it to protect myself and to protect other people in my household and other vulnerable people that I might come in contact with. So you're wrong. You can't say that everybody just wants a booster so that they can go drinking. What can they do about house parties? Not a lot. Not not a lot. They can't go in and start stopping house parties. Will house parties go ahead? Of course. Of course they will. Of course they will. Uh, hi, Trish. Was that a stunt by the government last Friday to say that bars would have to close at 5 p.m. and then they came back and said that bars could open at uh, 8 just to make the government look good, says Tom. No, it wasn't. The 5 p.m. closing was what was recommended by Neffet. Then the government subcommittee sat down and met and then the full cabinet met and they decided that they felt that the 5 p.m. was too restrictive and then the government decided to move it to 8 o'clock. But if you look at the original recommendation and the original letter that came in from Neffet, Neffet had wanted the government to go for 5 o'clock, but the government went against uh, Neffet's advice on that one. So no, it was it certainly wasn't a stunt that they were pulling. 1850 333 103. And lots of people have been on. And of course, I was going to mention 
mention her, the wonderful Rachel Blackmore. Jim says, um, Patricia, just to say well done to Rachel Blackmore on winning the BBC Sports Person of the Year on top of winning the Irish Sports Person of the Year. What an achievement for a woman in her sport. And her quote of, I don't feel like a woman, a man or a human after winning the Grand National is absolutely uh, epic. Thank you for that, uh, Jim. And lots of people wanting to do, including Michael in Castletown Bear, saying she's a credit to her sport, her country, uh, her county, her country, and above all, great credit due to her parents. Michael says, we wish Rachel the very best of luck in the future. She is a brilliant uh, lady. And of course, Rachel Blackmore, because uh, gorgeous pictures of her in, in the paper actually receiving, uh, at the, is that the BBC one that she received? It's looking absolutely very glamorous in a gorgeous evening uh, dress. She made history at the Cheltenham Festival in March when she became the first woman ever to win the champion uh, hurdle and of course she also lifted the leading rider award and she then topped that at Aintree in April when she guided Manila Times to victory in the Grand National making her the first person in history to win that the world's greatest steeple chase so good to see her acknowledged in uh, picking up the BBC World Sports Star of the Year Award. It really was terrific on top of getting the RTE one. Well done, uh, Rachel. And Michael is right. She is she is a credit to this uh, country, but above all, she's a credit to her family, she, her parents. She comes from a lovely, lovely family. 1850-333-103. John Paul taking your calls. You can text our WhatsApp to 0862-103-103. C103 Jobs. Care assistants are required for St. Joseph's Day Centre. That's in Rathmore. Jobs will start in January. Sean is your contact at 87 Island River Play School, that's in Skibbereen. They're recruiting team members for full and part-time positions. Email your CV to Cora O'Donoghue, 2013 at gmail.com. Construction worker wanted for Cove. CVs to jobs at hamiltonfrench.com. And a caretaker is required for maintenance of sports grounds and buildings in the Blarney, Whitechurch, Grenada and Kilcully areas. Call 083 303 5365. You'll find all the details and more job opportunities by going online now. Just go to c103.ie forward slash jobs for more. This is C103. Court today on C103. With Sean Cusack Insurance's Kinsale. Now part of McCarthy Insurance Group. For motor, home, business, farm, life and health insurance, cmig.ie. Now, with less than a week to go to the big day, we've decided to find out how Unpost have been getting on and what surely is the most busiest time of the year for our postal staff. Joining me from Unpost is Angus Lafferty. Good morning to you, Angus. Good morning, Patricia. And you're you're welcome to the programme. Now, uh, there are a couple of deadlines that it's worth mentioning uh, for people who maybe still haven't posted their cards. Today, I believe, a final day for post to our loved ones in the UK. Absolutely. Today for letters and parcels to the UK. Um, So get those those, uh, Christmas greetings, Christmas presents or whatever parcels wrapped, stamped and in the post uh, at some stage today to make sure to get there for for uh, the end of the week. And then Wednesday next, uh, when, this coming Wednesday, the 22nd, is the, the cut-off time for uh, letters and parcels to, to Ireland. So okay, Wednesday. Friends. Exactly. Okay, will there be posts on Christmas Eve, somebody wants to know? 
there will be post Christmas Eve and the post offices will be open until one o'clock. Um, so there'll still be plenty of Christmas activity and as I say, post office is opening for those last minute Christmas gifts as well. So we're working right until uh, uh, the, the last available time to get to get people's Christmas mag- magic delivered. Okay, all right. How busy has 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 it been? Firstly, the lead up to Christmas. How busy have you been, Angus? It's it's been incredible. We normally handle about two million mail items a day through our uh, national network, uh, and then in the run to Christmas, that doubles and then trebles in the last the last couple the last few days as we get towards the holiday. So it has been on that scale uh, again this year. Um, a lot of people shopping online that that hadn't done previously. Um, a lot of parcels being delivered all over the country. So it has been very very busy. We started preparations for this Christmas as soon as last Christmas was over um, and all our, our year is spent getting ready for what's our busiest time of year and uh, certainly this year hasn't disappointed. Yeah, but throughout the year the post people have been extremely busy, haven't they? As you say, I mean, COVID in particular with people shopping online, people who perhaps never shopped online before started shopping online. That's been a feature and if you remember last Christmas virtually uh, retail was completely closed down and the only option to get a lot of your shopping done was uh, was was through the post was online, um, and our our people really stepped up to the mark last year. Now less so this year, things have levelled off a bit. Yeah. Um, high street stores, main street stores are back open and, and trading away. But as you say, a lot of people are shopping online that never did before, and, and we've been dealing with all of that business. Yeah, and of course, shopping online isn't always about shopping outside of Ireland. You can shop. There's a lot of Irish companies now have gone to the online option. Were forced to do it because of lockdowns. Absolutely, and that's one of the really terrific things of the last couple of years have been the numbers of Irish companies, many of whom we've been able to work with to go online to uh, to put their shop window online as such. Um, and it's been terrific to see the way Irish companies have stepped up to the mark and provided an online offering which is as good as their uh, as their walk-in store. Mm. Are people sending as many Christmas cards as we did in previous years? They are. I mean, yeah. I mean, generally people people are writing less because of the the advent of email and all the various uh, apps and, and and contact methods that you can have. But at Christmas, people still pull out all the stops. Um, and while you might think that text messages and and, and apps are still are, are are the big feature. People are still sending those Christmas blessing, uh, greetings and Christmas cards in numbers as they always did. OK, and when one of our listeners heard that I was having you on the programme today, she wants to say uh, a big thank you to One Post. She sent a parcel overseas, by, but it was her own mistake. She didn't have the right address on it. Thankfully, though, she had a return address and the parcel got ended up back on her doorstep uh, this morning. That's important, isn't it, when you are posting parcels to put the return address just in case it doesn't make it? That, that's crucial, but not only for parcels, but also for letters. I mean, some parts of the world, uh, the Postal Service won't even deliver a letter if it doesn't have a return address on it. But here, if it's for some reason we can't get an item to you, that return address can be the difference between uh, disappointment and a, and a possible attempt to send again. Is Brexit causing problems with posting stuff to the UK? Well, as people will know, the, the customs rules globally changed in July of this year. And items coming into the EU from outside were then subject to a whole range of, of new rules and regulations that there hadn't been before. And of course, the complication was that the UK, EU is, the UK is now outside the EU zone. So that has been a problem for many people who've been shopping and sending stuff from UK to Ireland. Um, we embarked over the recent months on a, on a major kind of 
education operation with our customers to help them get over the uh, the various wrinkles in the in the custom system. And I think that has that has shown in the last couple of weeks where people are um, doing a bit of research, um, shopping online, making sure that they pay all their duties uh, when they're online, um, and just doing all the preparations to make sure you can do it all painlessly. Yeah, yeah, okay. Or right, did you get a lot of uh, letters for Santa Claus this year? <laughs> uh, yeah, we were. It's one of the the, the things that make us uh, make us happiest every year is the the role that we play in helping Santa every year to uh, to to get those messages from Ireland up to the North Pole and get the replies from the North Pole back and uh, dropping into hallways all over Ireland. And uh, Santa replies we know from uh, the North Pole Post Office went into the system Thursday or Friday of, this, of last week and they'll have been dropping all over the weekend all over Ireland. Yeah, uh, yeah uh, I saw some very excited children getting those letters. <laughs> well, it, it's, it's one of the things we love. And yeah. it's, really, it's really great that Santa still uh, uses on post. To yeah, get absolutely, absolutely. Camille, there was a bit of controversy over your Christmas stamps uh, this year. The only nativity scenes were the ones for the international uh, post. How do you select the design for your stamps? Well, there's a there's a, a very very complex uh, set of arrangements, a, a series of, of bodies that meet to uh, put together stamp themes and stamp designs every year. We try very very hard to appeal to a as broad a range of the population as possible, and particularly with Christmas stamps, you're dealing with uh, a variety of, of people who have different views and, and different uh, different ways of celebrating Christmas, and we try to do it every year. Um, and, and sometimes uh, people like the stamps. Sometimes they're 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 less they're less. Uh, well, you see, o- you're, you're, with them, but yeah. we, we try hard, and we we reflect it every year. And there there is a religious stamp there. There is an Irish language stamp there, and uh, we'll we'll do it again next year. You're not going to please all of the people all of the time, unfortunately. I loved them. I thought the sending hugs ones. I thought they I thought they were really lovely. And you do look for if people want to give suggestions. Absolutely, we. Uh, we're always open to suggestions from from everybody for stamp ideas and stamp themes and stamp images, uh, and if they write to us at Post, uh, we'll make sure those ideas are considered by the the stamp advisory committee that we have. Um, and yes, it's very possible for anybody with a stamp idea or a particular theme or an event that they want to link a stamp to suggested to one post and we'll certainly have a look at it. Yeah, yeah. And I know we were all, uh, people in North Cork were extremely proud uh, a number of years ago. Bill Power, he's a local historian. He joined us, he's joined us many, many times on this programme and he had this gorgeous picture of a stained glass window that was picked up by on post and it became one of the stamps. So uh, you're always open to suggestions which is fantastic uh, to uh, hear. Okay, so the last days, once again, just to remind people, today is the last day for posting for the UK. Okay, and then, and then Wednesday for, for Ireland and uh, let's keep that Christmas magic going. Okay, all right. Listen, and your your staff have just gone above and beyond the call of duty, Angus. The amount of people who, since this pandemic began, have contacted us because their local postman or postwoman has done something has been incredible. I mean, you're great, as you know, your greatest asset uh, are your uh, staff. And that uh, that initiative that you did with the nursing homes and the care homes, that's still operating, isn't it? The free post. It is, and it will continue until on, until at least March of next year. It's been a, a really big feature of what we've been doing, and we're delighted to keep it going. Um, and, and you're right, our staff really stepped up to the mark when the country needed them. It's something they came to us and said, 
we think we could do this to help out at a time when people need help. Uh, and this has been great to be able to do that for people. OK, and Jenny in Bantry says, well, you have on uh, Angus and from on post, tell him well done on the free postcard initiative that they ran. You did that twice, I think, didn't you, during the pandemic? We did, we did indeed, yeah. yeah that uh, was, we thought it was important. People wanted to reach out and send greetings when they couldn't get out of their homes. Uh, and it was great to be able to do that. Well, you've done well. You've done well. Listen, a happy and a peaceful and a safe Christmas, Angus, to you and all the gang at on post. And thanks. And to you, and to you and all your listeners. Thanks for joining us. Good morning to you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. That is uh, Angus Lafferty joining us from On Post. If you haven't sent your postcards yet, there is still time. Uh, get them in the post ASAP. 1850 Just on the lotto, do you remember we were talking about the lotto over the last, well, we've been talking about it over the last number of months, really, the fact that there hasn't been a win, the 19 million euro. It's still there. There wasn't a win on Saturday either. There'll be a draw on Wednesday, won't there? There will hardly be a draw on on Christmas Day. I'm still thinking of, we had one listener last week who reckons that there's going to be a win on Christmas week. She's convinced it's going to be at Christmas week. But of course, we were talking about it because the chiefs for the lotto headquarters were before the Oireachtas Committee. Somebody's picked up on that uh, to say, Patricia, I was listening to the Oireachtas Committee questioning the CEO of the group who run the uh, uh, lotto uh, and and he was asked, the CEO was asked about winners prizes in the lotto that go unclaimed. He said the rules state that all unclaimed prizes are used by the organisers to pay for advertising. OK, says this texter, that may be OK, until he was asked, well, how much per year remains unclaimed? Here we go. In 2016, it was 16 million euro. In 2017, it was 20 million euro. These are unclaimed prizes on the lotto. 2018, 16 million. 2019, 19 uh, million. And 2020, another 19 million. Now he was asked if the advertising money was spent on advertising and he said yes. How could they possibly spend that amount of money every year on advertising? But they do. But more news to me is that all those unclaimed prizes are from ticket sales where you physically go into the shop and buy your lotto ticket. The people who play the lotto online get their winnings directly paid back into their lotto uh, account. So it's only for the ones who go in, you buy your ticket and it's the way probably most of us buy our tickets because usually it's an impromptu purchase as well. You know, you're at the counter, oh, the lotto, oh God, I'll do the lotto. I'll take a quick pick there or here are my numbers, uh, whatever it is. But you need to look after that ticket because that ticket is equivalent to cash if you've had a win. But they are, I have to agree with you, they are staggering amounts of money. And it's seemingly it's in the rules. I mean, that's the one thing that the lotto headquarters will always say we abide by their very strict rules. We've got a lotto regulator in place. But I wonder why instead of the unclaimed prizes, who decided that it would be used on advertising? Surely there's, there will be two other options I would consider. One option would be if it was an unclaimed prize and we know after a certain time because we'll often hear if it was a local ticket uh, that remained unclaimed you know lotto headquarters would get on to us and say look will you give a shout out to say that you know a ticket worth one million was sold in such such and such a shop on such and such a date and it was a quick pick ticket and that person only has a week left to claim the prize and of course if it's after that date then it becomes an unclaimed prize and they can use it for advertising so 
I would I would make two suggestions. If they're unclaimed prizes, why not put them back into the fund and give them out as other prizes? You know, on the smaller prizes, divide them up between the smaller prizes. Or secondly, if they don't want to do that and they say the rules won't allow for that, why can't they give that money to charity? Why does it all have to go on advertising? It seems like a huge, huge sum of money because I take it they already have their budgets for advertising as well. So that will be they'll have their advertising budget and they'll top it up with the unclaimed prizes. Uh, well spotted, by the way. There's no name on that WhatsApp who sent that WhatsApp in. Thank you for that. 1850-333-103. John Paul taking your calls. You can text your WhatsApp 0862-103-103. Court today on C103. With John Cusack Insurance's Kinsale. Now part of McCarthy Insurance Group. They don't just talk the talk, they walk the walk. CMIG.ie. Now, a number of weeks ago, I spoke with Brew Columban who offer home-from-home accommodation for families of patients in Cork hospitals about the idea for a cookbook, the pages of which would be filled by guests and volunteers of Brew Columbanus. Well, the book is out and now on sale as a fundraising project. And joining me to discuss not just a cookbook is Anne-Marie O'Connor, who's the Chief Executive of Brew uh, Columbanus. Good morning to you, Anne-Marie. Good morning, Patricia. You must be thrilled with the finished product. Absolutely. It is turned out absolutely gorgeous um, we're so delighted with the number of families who contributed to our volunteers who, who contributed um, the stories are absolutely beautiful as I'm sure you'll agree oh. um, heartbreaking some of them yeah. um, others uplifting heartwarming but it really is um, what Brew is about you know it's about providing home from home accommodation to relatives of patients in the hospital and keeping you close to your relative when you need to be close to your relative and were people very willing to come forward to share their recipes they and were, share their stories? Absolutely, they were. They were really willing. Like you can see far back, there's even stories back from 10 years ago um, where somebody who had stayed with us 10, uh, actually 14 years ago, I think this was the furthest back. Um, one of the mums had twins and they were born prem and she was willing to st- share her story. So I suppose if you stayed in Brew, it really touches your heart and it, it really, you know, everybody who has stayed here has really positive things to say about Brew as well. Yeah, and you know, what I loved was the volunteers God you've got some amazing volunteers haven't we absolutely they're fabulous absolutely but we wouldn't be able to survive without our volunteers um, they give of their time their expertise um, they're here to listen to the families if they have you know if they're having a difficult time um, if they if they don't want to talk they, they're very aware of that as well you know so it's it, they're absolutely fabulous um, great volunteers in Cork and also in our charity shop in Skull and it's important to remind people and to point out to people, you don't charge people to stay. No, Bru- we, we don't charge anything. We The accommodation is provided free of charge. We rely on donations and fundraising initiatives to cover our annual running costs. And like this cookbook has, has been, we've had tremendous support from it, uh, both online and we also have it for sale in a number of different places. Uh, we have it for sale in Tralee Furniture, uh, in Waterford and the Book Centre, which is one of the biggest retailers uh, book retailers in Waterford. Okay. It's also for sale in the charity shop in Skull and in Quirks, News Agents in Carrizaveen and the Leaf and Larder in Killorglan. So um, people have come on board as well to help us to try and sell the book as well. Families who've stayed here, um, particularly like the Trilly uh, Furniture Shop, um, they're, they stayed with us there. The first story that you read in the book about Con Gill um, and they stayed with us on and off for 12 years. 
You see, that's the other thing and that's the mm-hmm. one thing that's very much reflected in the, in this book. Mm-hmm. It's not just a case of somebody coming and, and staying a, a night or two. No. Some families stay for many, many weeks, many, many months and some are just returned. They're, they keep coming back to you because... Absolutely, because, because that's what their relative yeah. is unwell and they, yeah. you know, um, it's ongoing treatment that their relative requires so they need to come back and stay with us again and again. Um, so it's not just once off for a lot of families. Um, anybody who's had a very sick relative, they know that unfortunately it isn't just one trip to the hospital sometimes for the person to, to recover. Sometimes it's, you know, a few trips so, and we're there every time for them when, in, when needed. And we work very closely with the hospitals in Cork as well. Um, so the families are referred to us by the staff nurse on the wards and the hospitals throughout Cork. Yeah, because as I've mentioned to you before, most people don't know about Brucon and Bannis. It's only when they're thrown into this. Exactly, when they have a relative who's seriously unwell in hospital and then they realise that we're here. So I suppose we're always trying to raise awareness. The last thing we want is somebody sleeping in a car when we have rooms available for families of relatives in the hospital. And how many rooms do you have? We have 26 bedrooms. 26, yeah. wow. And wow. they're, abs- I mean, people would compare it to a four-star hotel. Yeah. Um, the rooms are absolutely gorgeous. We keep them really fresh, really clean. We have, you know, fantastic volunteers who come in and clean the rooms after guests leave. Uh, we've, uh, you know, with, particularly with COVID, I suppose we've become more more aware, if, if we weren't aware already, of the um, necessity to have cleaning schedules in place and, you know, just to make sure that everybody is kept safe. And then there are kitchen facilities so that if a family yes, is staying family, with you, because yeah. that obviously cuts down on expense as well. Absolutely, absolutely. And I suppose if, if you are staying with, uh, with us long term, um, families would use the kitchen quite a lot. Um, you know, and, that, that's, and a lot of families um, here as well would cook for their, fam- cook for their relative in hospital uh, oh, yeah. and bring it Look across to them yeah, or yeah. maybe make a smoothie or something like that. You know, if somebody's unwell and they, you know, they don't feel like food, even if they, they can make a smoothie here in the kitchen um, and bring it across to their relative as well. Oh, that's brilliant. It's, yeah. it's really, yeah. It really is uh, uh, brilliant. It's just, it's just, yeah. I was thrilled when I saw how it turned I know, out. I don't, know what, I don't know what in my head I thought it was going yeah. to be, but it was certainly nothing like this. It's, I know. It, it really is gorgeous. How it turned out, it, it's it's really lovely. And you included it where recipe? Well, it's your sister Fiona. Yes, that's right. Yeah, my sister Fiona passed away in 2018. Unfortunately, ah. yeah, ah. yeah, so. ah, she, she, yeah. She'd be dead proud. Absolutely. She, she and you know what? I, I felt I like I I kind of hummed and I hawed about including my own recipe, but I think my sister like would would have been totally remiss not to include a recipe for my sister. She was a great supporter of Brew Colin Bannis, um, you know, in terms of helping out with volunteering. Um, if anything was needed for a ladies' lunch or if any ticket sellers were needed for any event or any street collections. or You know, she was there every time. So I thought it would be remiss not to have a recipe from her. And it's a gorgeous beef yeah. stroganoff. Beef stroganoff, yeah. yeah. She was a fantastic... That's, that's comforting cook. food as well, Absolutely, isn't it? Absolutely, yeah. She would make it with lovely creamy garlic potatoes oh. as well. And <laughs> You'd have everybody... <laughs> and everything. So You'd have everybody yeah. starved. Yeah. And yeah. by the way, do families interact with other families a lot? They would. They like. I suppose pre-COVID, they certainly would have. In terms, like you'd have a lot of families that would make friends here for life. You know that they would have had similar circumstances in that their relatives were both seriously unwell at the same time, and they'd become friends for life. Um, there's one lady, um, McGonagall, um, Doreen McGonagall. She includes a recipe in the book, and they stayed with us over ten years ago. And she has said that they still keep in touch with other families oh. that were here when she was here as well, you know. 
Yeah, but it's people going through yeah, that shared experience. Yeah, exactly, and that's it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Listen, it's it's fantastic. Somebody says, how much is the book? The book is twenty euro, 20 euro. and it's for sale on our website. I think if we today is probably the last day for guaranteed postage okay. before Christmas, so we're on standby if anybody wants to order it. Um, we're in the office here, and you can reach us on o two one four three four. 5754 or else on the website okay. com. and the gang in Skull at the charity shop they I, have it for sale as yeah, well I, po- I popped in there We, I was down in Skull over the Halloween break ah. and I went in I got my Christmas cards they had literally just landed so oh, I was, great. I was and they were busy the shop was the busy shop it was lovely so to busy. see it lovely yeah, to see it listen you do the most amazing work will you be open to Brucon and Ballas over yes, Christmas yes we're open over Christmas ah, yeah, we're wow. open over Christmas yeah because of course people will unfortunately, be unfortunately illness doesn't you know it doesn't take a break unfortunately so we'll, we'll be here for families if they need to stay with us over Christmas you're fantastic long long may you continue uh, Anne-Marie have a lovely Christmas thank you yourself. so much Patricia thanks you a million too. God take bless care. bye 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 that is Anne-Marie O'Connor of Brew Cullen Bannis and the book is called Not Just a Cookbook by the Friends of Brew Cullen Bannis it really is a gorgeous gorgeous uh, cookbook in aid of a fantastic just a fantastic service and uh, organisation as I say we all hope we will never need to use Blue Column Balance but you never know the day or the time that a family member may end up very unwell in hospital and that you just need some place warm and safe to put your head down at night and comfortable it is literally like a four star hotel and as I say they don't charge it's fantastic it's just we are blessed in Cork to have the services of Blue Column Balance uh, in Wilton now I was talking with them post about how busy they were in the run up to Christmas etc and I mentioned the stamps because there was a bit of controversy over the unpost stamps this year that all of the Irish stamps, the national ones, the ones that you you would use to post to anywhere in Ireland or locally, that none of them had the nativity scene. And if you wanted to get a nativity scene, then you had to buy the international stamps, the ones that you would use for posting to loved ones in the UK or indeed anywhere across Europe. I think it was anywhere across the world, actually. I was surprised by that when I bought the international stamps. Anyway, uh, that had a nativity scene on it. And not everybody was happy with that. Well, somebody else has been on, kind of tied in with that from Anne. She's been watching the Angelus on the news the last few nights and she's disappointed that there isn't the image of a nativity scene, that there isn't a crib. She said, we're still just watching people walking around the streets on a Christmas scene. Why can't they show the crib? It's like religion is gone in this country or it's been taken out of everything. Do other people agree? Well, the one I've seen is the woman in Dublin who's painting... She's kind of superimposing a picture of the crib over a scene in some street in, in Dublin. That's the one that I've noticed of late. But if, if that's the one you're talking about, it is mainly around people walking around doing their Christmas uh, shopping. And the only crib you see is the one that she's painting. Uh, maybe this week that we're into Christmas week, maybe it will change tonight. And if you tune in at uh, six o'clock. But, you know, as on post will say when they do their stamp designs uh, as well we have an ever growing percentage of our population who's not Catholic or no longer subscribes to any religious uh, belief and that for that reason a lot of businesses and companies are moving away from the nativity scene I'm not to say that that's what RTE are going to do with the Angelus or not but that could be one of the reasons that they're not going to use the nativity scene but we're into Christmas week maybe it will change but is religion being taken out of 
too many parts of our society. That's what Anne is reflecting on today. Your thoughts welcome to 1850 We're going to take a break. We've news at 12 midday on the way. Court today on C103. With Sean Cusack Insurance's Kinsale. Now part of McCarthy Insurance Group. Want great advice? You know who to talk to. CMIG.ie. You're listening to Cork Today on Replay. Phone and text lines are currently closed. There are two separate texts in, one from Mary in Mallow and one from John in Butterman, both asking the same question. Wanted to know what are the Christmas opening times for the Civic Immunity site in uh, Mallow. And a lot of people do, will have a lot of additional rubbish and items that they need to recycle because of all the amount of stuff that we bring into the house. So it's good to know that people want to bring it to the Civic Immunity site. So we've sent an email off to the council because we checked online. I can find the opening times over Christmas for previous years for the civic community sites but I can't find anything up online for 2021 so we've banged an email off to Cork County Council and hopefully they'll be back with us if not before the close of the programme today by tomorrow and I'll let people know if you're waiting to know the opening hours for the civic community site over the Christmas uh, period and just talking about the Christmas period and there'll be bank holidays and people needing time off and all of that there will also be of course people who will work right throughout the Christmas period and let's not forget all of the people in our emergency uh, services who will be all out there uh, working you know every hour that God sends because of course emergencies don't stop just because it is Christmas but a listener is looking for people's opinion on this and says Patricia just want to run this by you I'm a home help we have been rostered to work on the Tuesday after Christmas and also the Monday after the New Year, i.e. the 2nd of January. We've now been told that we'll only get ordinary pay for these, even though both of those dates are public holidays. We're told it's a holiday for everybody else except Home Helps. Do you think that's fair? I don't. I absolutely don't think it's fair. I accept that Home Helps will have to work on those days over Christmas for sure because of the clients that you go to see. They are desperately in need of you calling in to see them and and doing the work that you do. But I'm shaken aback. I'm beyond shocked by that. Now, I don't know if this person is working for a private company or if it's a, a, a HSC employed home help. But that does seem rather bizarre to me that anyone would be asked to work on the bank holidays because because Christmas Day is a Saturday and St. Stephen's Day is a Sunday this year. It means Monday and Tuesday are both bank holidays. And then the following weekend, we have New Year's Day falling on a Saturday, which means the Monday is a bank holiday. The uh, It's not the 2nd, it's the 3rd of January, isn't it, is, is the Monday. And I would have thought, I mean, for, for people who are entitled to bank holidays off, they won't be working. But for anybody else working, I thought you would be paid... Is it double time is paid for people who work on bank holidays? I'm I'm taken aback. I, and I, do I think it's fair? No, I don't think it's fair. If anybody can shed light on that, as I say, don't know if that is, if it's a private company that this person works for or if they are a HSE employed home helper to be told they have to work some of the days over Christmas, bank holidays and won't get paid anything extra for it. 1850 We were talking about the lack of nativity scenes on the stamps and what on post decided to go with this year and that led to somebody talking about the Angelus and that the Angelus doesn't have a nativity scene and what are we taking, some listeners feel, are we taking the religion out of everything? Sheila says, Patricia, holidays means holy days. That's where the word holiday comes from, holy days. If people 
I don't, I didn't realise that, Sheila. Uh, if people aren't going to subs- subscribe to Christianity, why should they be entitled to time off work when these holidays come round? And don't get me started on the crowd who won't say happy or Merry Christmas and say happy holidays instead. Am I being a Grinch, says uh, Sheila? I don't, I don't think you're being a Grinch, but talking of that, Happy Christmas and Merry Christmas. I saw Donald Trump is laying claim to the fact that in America, he reckons he brought back people saying Merry Christmas or Happy Christmas. And he says for many years, companies and people in the States and the Happy Holidays is a real American one. Happy Holidays. And that was brought in so as not to offend people who weren't of the Christian faith. And Donald Trump in an interview on couple of days ago, uh, says he is responsible for bringing back Merry Christmas and he also said that Jewish and Muslim people love the holiday as much as as Christians do. And actually he went far so far as he told his supporters that if you find a business or if you're in a shop that is is not clearly putting up signs saying Merry Christmas or Happy Christmas and that they're only using the Happy Holidays, he told his supporters they should move their business elsewhere. But he says he is the one responsible for bringing Merry Christmas and Happy Christmas back to the uh, States. And I don't know. Happy holidays. Did it really take off here at all? I think we always stuck with uh, the Christmas. I don't think you've been a Grinch, by the way. The one that gets to me that I absolutely hate and will never write it down, absolutely will never write it down, is people who write X, Happy Xmas. That drives me absolutely insane. And actually it was my son who's, as a young child, now a big grown man, and I can still clearly hear him say it. He, We were somewhere and there was a sign up and it was in a shop or something in a shop window and it was Xmas and he was looking at it and he said you shouldn't write Xmas and I said why why do you think you shouldn't write Xmas and he said because it's taking Christ out of Christmas and I just thought well done well done and it kind of stuck in my head he was only a young child at the time maybe seven or eight and it kind of uh, stuck in my head and I never it's the one thing I will never do even if you're, I'm writing loads of cards and I'm writing Happy Christmas and putting me a little bit into the Christmas card I will never write down uh, X Xmas on it it's, that's the one book bear I uh, have but uh, Sheila no I don't think you're in any way being a Grinch but I don't know as I say I don't know the happy holidays did it really take off you probably hear it I'll play an ad break now and there'll be loads of ads with happy holidays uh, on it I suppose companies put it in for fear that they're going to offend people because if you're not of the Christian faith you possibly I, I take it if you're not of the Christian faith some people get offended to hear Christmas and they want it just as happy holidays instead 1850 an email in from Grace Let's see if we can help out uh, Grace here. Uh, Hi, Patricia. I wonder if you can help me, please. My father suggested I contact you. My husband was driving from Bantry to Shannon Vale via Drimaleague, Dunmanway, Ballygartine, Tots Pub. This was last Thursday evening when a piece of his trailer must have fallen off. It's a custom made mud guard and hydraulics cover. It's red in colour. It fell from the left-hand side of the trailer. So we would imagine it must have fallen into the left-hand side of the ditch as you're travelling from Bantry. Could you please mention it on the radio in the hope that somebody spotted it, picked it up and just put it away for safekeeping. Finding it would really be of help. Okay, so let me mention the locations again. From Ballygartine 
to Shannon Vale, the Adrima League, Domanwe, Ballygirteen and Tots Pub last Thursday evening. Now, somebody may have spotted it last Thursday evening or somebody may have found it on Friday or did anybody spot it across the weekend. Ideally, what's happened is somebody has put it away and re- realises that it's fallen off the back of a trailer. It's a mudguard and hydraulics co- cover cover red in colour if you can help us out we have all of Grace's details here with us at the radio station and it would be terrific to reunite that piece of the trailer with Grace's husband please 1850-333-103 John Paul taking your calls in particular we're looking for your questions for Annalise you can text her WhatsApp to 0862 103 103 The C103 Cork Diary With Cork County Council where communities and businesses all across the county can get the support they need at corkcoco.ie The Alzheimer's Society in Mallow are fundraising for their new building project and they're asking people to support Bill O'Connell's Texas Hold'em card game It's on New Year's Day in Mallow GAA Complex and it'll start at 4 in the afternoon There'll be cash prizes and hamper to be won Tickets are 20 euro with all proceeds going towards the new daycare centre and the first ever Ballinora GAA Lotto Draw will be held today it's a joint initiative between the GAA the LGFA and the Camogie Clubs in the parish of Ballinora and Waterfall where funds raised will go towards the upkeep of the club facilities and future developments good luck to everybody there and Mallow Meals on Wheels want to remind listeners that they're delivering hot food right throughout the Christmas season including Christmas Day St Stephen's Day and all public and bank holidays between December 20th and January 3rd and then the normal Monday to Friday deliveries will resume on Tuesday the uh, 4th and Cronin's Electrical Coolmain Kilbritton they're continuing with their Christmas lights display every day from 4 in the afternoon until 11 at night proceeds are going to the CUH Charity Fund donations are welcome either on site at Cronin's Electrical in Kilbritton or you can donate online at www.idonate.ie forward slash Christmas lights. Court today on C103. With Sean Cusack Insurance's Kinsale, now part of McCarthy Insurance Group. For motor, home, business, farm, life and health insurance, cmig.ie. Now, according to Anne Murphy on the front page story on the Irish Examiner today, landlords are offering free or reduced cost rooms in exchange for sex as the housing crisis bites and tenants struggle to meet rising costs. Anne Murphy from the Irish Examiner joins me. Good afternoon to you, Anne. Hi, Patricia. How are you? I'm very well. Where did you see these ads? They are on a number of less prominent um, uh, classified ad websites. Uh, they're not your typical uh, property websites. Um, they are, I suppose, more obscure, um, but there are ordinary ads on them as well. It's not just sex for rent ads. There's, you know, ordinary accommodation, um, carrots for sale, you know, just ordinary mm. classified ads, basically. And uh, nestled in between them are some of these uh, sex for rent ads. And these are recent ads in, in the last yes. month? Yes, um, they're currently online. Um, three of them are currently online um, at present, including one um, in uh, Newcastle West in Limerick and two in Dublin. Um, the one in Newcastle West is offering um, accommodation at reduced rent and the two in Dublin are um, offering free accommodation. Um, and, and explain what they're offering. What's, what's on the ad? 
So um, the one in Newcastle West is offering um, a room for a single lady uh, with a twist. Um, it says it can do reduced rent for occasional fun. Um, so when a prospective uh, tenant uh, responds to that, Ed, um, uh, you are told to no particular, um, you know, no holds barred that uh, sex is on the table once a week um, and that rent will be reduced in return for that. And when you um, query if the accommodation is available for just ordinary rent and a typical um, rental agreement, you're told that, uh, no, that um, there has to be sexual activity included as well. It's just, it's, it's, it's bizarre. It's, just... it's bizarre, yeah. And the, the, the one of the Dublin properties is being offered for free in return for a friends with benefits arrangement. Um and basically strictly applies to females. No males will be considered. And then the another one in Dublin is being offered um, for a sweet, cute and charming girl only. And it's signed oh, off in SE, which you is an acronym, obviously, for no strings attached. You're, so, not, you're yeah. not looking for much, are you? Sweet. Not really. Not really. Um, like, it, it sounds, I suppose, when, when you're looking at it first, it sounds a bit um, incredible, number one. And, you know, could be the butt of jokes as well. But it's a lot more serious when you actually consider um, what happens if you do enter one of these agreements consensually and then you decide, you know, that this is not for you. What happens to you then, you know, like, do you end up homeless? Do you, um, are you attacked? Is there coercive control involved? It's a lot deeper than what it looks when you initially consider doing something like this. Um, it, it obviously becomes something um, a lot darker than what it looks when you see the ad initially. Like, how do you write that into the rental agreement? There isn't one, I would yeah, imagine. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, and the big danger, you know, behind all of this, I mean, I was gobsmacked when I was reading your piece in The Examiner today. With rents rising... Is there a danger that some females, desperate for a roof over their head, particularly if somebody has landed a job in Dublin? I mean, I would know of friends of mine who got job office in Dublin and had to turn it down because they could not find accommodation too far to commute from Cork to Dublin on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. If there's people desperate for a roof over their head, you might get women who will agree. And that is the case, and we know it is the case in the UK because there has been um, research carried out there um, by a housing and homeless organisation called Shelter, and they estimate that up to 30,000 women in the UK um, in the nine months from March 2020 when the pandemic started up to January of this year um, were propositioned in such cases um, in the UK. Now, we haven't carried out research like that here but they, in 2019, Ruth Coppinger did um, stand up on the doll and talk about a case where she had been approached by a, a woman who was in um, rental accommodation at that time and had, you know, been um, been concerned about the price of the rent and had said that to the landlord about leaving because of the price of the rent. But she was propositioned by the landlord in lieu of rent then in that scenario. But these cases that I've been looking at are a bit different because they, they, they you know, going into the situation that this is what's on the table. Is it illegal to offer a room in exchange for sex? Well, when you enter these um, arrangements, you're doing it consensually. Um, and 
at the moment, it's a grey area from a legal perspective. It's when you go into a situation then further down the line and if it enters into a coercive control, then obviously there's legislation to cover that. But the the um, the currency of sex that's being used here um, for the for the property may not be covered by prostitution legislation because um, you know there isn't prostitution mentioned in the ads. Um, it's you're you're not like sex is not in, in um, exchange for money in this scenario. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's a, it's a very different scenario. Now I have been speaking with a number of TDs this morning about this. Um, and uh, Minister Darrell O'Brien has also um, said urge people in such situations to go to the guards. But I suppose there is a grey area there. What are you reporting to the guards? You've covered this type of story before. I when in your days with the the Echo, did I interviewed yes. you before on on this very topic. Yes, there was one case in Cork in January 2020. Um, where a property was being offered um, in a similar um, arrangement as well um, on similar website too. Um, and it was that case that kind of, um, I suppose, um, you know, um, inspired me to, to keep an eye out for these kind of ads because I knew it couldn't be a standalone one. Um, and obviously our, our piece today in the examiner has, has proven that, that it's not a standalone one. But I think it's probably not as prevalent, obviously, in Ireland as it is in the UK. But given the high rents that we're seeing and the report that came out from the Residential Tenancies Board on Friday um, highlighting um, the growth in rent here, um, it is obviously something that people need to be aware of that, that uh, people are being exploited because yeah, of the and high rents. And in the meantime, we need more research to see just how widespread a practice it is here. Yes. And that had been considered as well previously um, by the Residential Tenancies Board with the Dublin Rate Crisis Centre. But it's a careful look at um, how they were going to do that um, ended up in the research not being carried out as yet. So it's, I suppose it's, it's up to a different area for, for such analysis to be done. But I think we do need to do it. Okay. All right. Well done. Well done. It's a terrific uh, piece. Uh, Congrats on it. And uh, by the way, congratulations on your move to the examiner from the Echo as well. Thank you, Patricia. Have a great Christmas, Anne. Thank you you for that. Uh, Good morning to you. Bye bye. That is Anne Murphy, journalist with the examiner. As I say, my jaw dropped this morning on uh, reading it. And inside in the paper, you can see she's she's copied the ads. A beautiful room free for sweet girl in uh, city. Room to rent for single lady and room to rent in exchange for FWB, Friends with Benefits. Goodness me. You just you just don't want to see vulnerable young women getting sucked into that for sure. 1850-333-103. I can't get over uh, the number of people that have picked up when I when we were talking about People were talking about that the Christianity, the religion seems to be gone out of Christmas and I was making the point that the one thing that really annoys me is uh, when people write Xmas down or if I see it on a sign, it just, I really don't like it at all. So many people uh, agreeing, saying, hi Patricia, I too hate that greeting when I see happy Xmas. I would rather people say or write nothing than to see that. God bless and happy Christmas and indeed many happy returns uh, to you. But a number of people feeling the very same way, saying, yeah, uh, we need to do something. People need to stop writing Xmas on cars. Kate said it absolutely cracks me up when I see it. Thank you for that, uh, Kate. Hi, Patricia. How long will it take for a registered letter to get to Letter Kenny in County Donegal? Well, 
I know it's the busiest time of the year. I mean, next day delivery unregistered. I've I've posted a lot of items in the last number of weeks and I've been blown away by contact that I got there the next uh, day. I would check in with your, when you go, because obviously if you're doing registered mail, you're going to have to check with the post office. I'm assuming registered letter, you'll have it, if not the next day, certainly within 48 hours. But when you go in to register your letter, you can ask them. But obviously it's somebody who needs to get something to Letter Kenny. ASAP but even as busy as they are the postmen and women are doing are doing great work but bear in mind that this is the busiest week of the year uh, I Patricia any radio bingo this week is from Nori no uh, Nori no radio bingo this uh, week and actually it's taking a break uh, for a couple of weeks it should be back with us sometime in the new year but no radio bingo off for this week 1850-333-103 John Paul taking your calls in particular looking for your questions for Annalise Dressel our nutritional therapist please you can text her WhatsApp to 0862-103-103 Court today on C How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. 103. With John Cusack Insurance's Kinsale, now part of McCarthy Insurance Group. They don't just talk the talk, they walk the walk. CMIG.ie. This is the Court Today replay on C103. And Annalise Drussell of the Health Hub Times Square in Balancholic joining us for our final nutritional slot of the year. Uh, good afternoon, Annalise. Good afternoon, Patricia. And let me start with a lovely text in from Mary saying, Hi, Patricia, will you please thank Annalise for all her wonderful health advice throughout the year? It has been most helpful. 
Isn't that Great. nice? Thank I'm you. delighted. Thank you for that, uh, Mary. Let's get straight into uh, questions. Uh, Marie has been on. Uh, would Could you suggest a natural remedy for high blood pr- pressure? This person isn't taking any medication. There's one who's anything that you can naturally use to lower blood pressure. Yeah, so the typical herbs would be hawthorn is one which is very good for, it doesn't actually work on blood pressure as such. It works more on the health of the veins and the arteries and the tiny capillaries to make them kind of flexible and elastic. So that's a great one to try. Um, Magnesium is always a very good one and potassium. Now, I don't like to give people potassium to take because it's not good to take in high doses, but magnesium is very safe to take. Um, And you'll get that in a supplement. Terra Nova, a company, do a lovely supplement called um, um, CoQ10 Magnesium and Hawthorn Complex. And we've had good success with that. There's also, we talk a lot about Cardio K on the programme, Patricia, for cholesterol, but they do one called Cardio P, which has a low dose of potassium in there. And that can work well as well. And then always the the lovely ones are the fish oils because they do so many jobs. So in terms of blood pressure, they're very good, again, for the elasticity of all of the heart muscles and the veins and the capillaries and arteries. But also they keep the blood beautifully thin. And they're natural anti-inflammatory. So if your blood pressure is up because of inflammation, it'll help with that as well. So a combination of either the Cardio P and the fish oils are the Terranova CoQ10 Magnesium and Hawthorn and the fish oils. And if your blood pressure isn't down after 8 to 12 weeks, then you're probably going to need the medication. Okay, a listener says, Hi, my daughter has COVID, is on steroids and antibiotics for her lungs. Could Annalise recommend something to take when she's finished all the course of antibiotics and steroids? Absolutely. Um, So that's, and it's great to be proactive about it as well, because the quicker you kind of get past it, the less of that post-viral fatigue you'll, you'll, you'll get. So a lot of people are finding the Revive Active is getting them back in terms of energy-wise. But for the chest, I love the um, the N-acetylcysteine. Now, I think I've spoke about this before in the programme, Patricia, and it started to get a huge amount of... Um, it was a very obscure natural supplement before, but loads of people are taking it now. To protect their chest for COVID, it seems to be wonderful for the respiratory system and as, um, as a kind of an anti-inflammatory as well. So it's great um, for preventing the overactivity of the immune system, which has been happening in terms of blood clotting, etc. So N-acetylcysteine, it's a capital N, and then acetyl is A-C-E-T-Y-L, cysteine, C-Y-S-T-E-I-N-E, and you should get it in any good health store, but it's hard to get at the moment. There's a worldwide shortage because people have been stocking up and stockpiling it. So the other thing I'd recommend then is the olive leaf extract. We recommend this always, um, for anything post-viral, um, because obviously there's always post-viral fatigue, even before COVID, people would suffer from post-viral fatigue. And I don't know what it is about this. It's a very powerful antiviral, but I remember taking it myself, Patricia, after when I had that 100-day cold one year, yeah. and I just couldn't get back to my usual 100%. And I took the olive leaf extract, and I swear to God, I thought I could build mountains. Like, I just <laughs> felt great energy, and I felt great vitality. So I'd add that in as well and that's the complete package then. Okay, Anne has contacted us. Uh, Her daughter who is in her 20s suffers from patches all over her back and on different parts of her skin. She's been to the doctor several times and it's been diagnosed as some kind of a fungal infection on her skin. She receives creams to clear it up but it keeps coming back. It's back now again at the moment. She also has what she describes as a terrible odour from her private parts. I know this is very embarrassing 
anything for her. But is there anything that Annalise could recommend to help with this condition? Absolutely, Patricia, and actually very, very common. So um, really, probably what this is, is she has an overgrowth of, of yeast. The yeast that's most likely responsible is a candida yeast. It, we all have it. But for a lot of people, it can overgrow and actually can become systemic where it gets throughout the whole body and can come out through the skin. Some people will suffer oral thrush. Some people will have vaginal thrush. And other symptoms that without those would be things like feeling hungover in the morning, even if you weren't drinking the night before, brain fog, not being able to remember, getting um, you know itchy skin after eating sugars because sugar feeds the yeast. Um, a lot of people actually, in fact, there's a very interesting condition called um, uh, it's auto brewer syndrome. And that's caused by yeast where it gets stuck in a loop of the small intestine and actually converts the sugar into alcohol. And people, it's like they're drunk, even though they haven't been drinking. So it's responsible for a lot of things. It's very common. We see a huge amount of it here in the shop. So for her, there's no point just treating the skin because that's the yeast just coming out through the skin. She needs to do a systemic treatment. So one of there's a great all-round supplement that really she should be able to get in any health shop called Dida, D-I-D-A. Um, and that's a kind of a blend of natural antifungals. We have some great ones here in the shop. Um, I've got one called Candisolve. I've got the Candexibo and a Nutriflux. These are kind of more practitioner ones, so she'd have to come into me for those. But I'll put the name of them up on the web. And if she can get them through another practitioner, great. So it, she'll need to treat it for about three to six months with different antifungals. And then onto her skin, she could put the citricidal um, grapefruit seed extract liquid. She could put that in with a bit of moisturiser and rub it all over her skin. And that will take care of the fungal on the skin. OK, and dreadfully embarrassing for her as well. I mean, anything with an odour, just, you know, and it's that... It is. Yes. The other thing as well, Patricia, just in terms of that odour, there is something called bacterial vaginosis. And it's, again, very common for women. It can happen actually after swimming if you swam in a river or swam somewhere where there are bacteria in it. And that would also be responsible for a very bad odour. And for that, you really do need to probably treat it with um, an antibiotic and the doctor will sort you out for that. OK. Have you mentioned a throat spray in the past? A listener says, could uh, Annalise uh, mention the, th- the throat spray she's recommended before? It's a North Cork listener. Yeah, the Dr. Clare does a fantastic throat spray. But again, that could be hard to get for people because it's only a few places will really be qualified or st- you know, be likely to sell her stuff. So a good alternative we found is by Irish Botanicals, the lovely Irish company, and they have a throat coat. And you should be able to get that in any health shop. But if you can get the Dr. Dealish Clare one, that's the one that we love here. Question for Annalise. My dad, who is in his 80s, has a urine catheter. He had an infection recently. He's off the antibiotics now. But what could you recommend to take perhaps in his diet or as a supplement to try to help prevent infections reoccurring? Thanking you. Well, I think probably taking a probiotic is good, Patricia, for that because you're getting the good bacteria flowing through the urinary system all the time. And even actually taking one like the um, the one like the cranbiotics could be quite good because um, that the cranberry extract has got a substance in there that help, prevents the bacteria from sticking. Um, and if they stick, then they multiply. The problem here is that the bacteria from outside is going in with the catheter. So again, you could use something natural like... Um, a tea tree oil wash or even that citricidal, we always talk about it being an antifungal, but actually it does kill off bacteria as well. Um, so you could, you know, just wash the area, or rub around the area with something with a little bit of tea tree on it or that citricidal just to keep the bacteria from the area being reinserted in with the catheter. 
So um, general probiotic, cranbiotics or any probiotic with cranberry in there and either the citricidal or tea tree wash. Okay, a couple of people are on about menopause symptoms. Question in for Annalise. Going through menopause symptoms at the moment, would high level of FSH showing 116 in blood test confirm (laughs) menopause? What, What is best to take in vitamin D for healthy bones as I'm currently on clean marine, but I'm still getting the night uh, sweats? Okay, there's a few things in that, Patricia. FSH will be high in women of menopausal age. It's kind of an indicator. Okay. So it does mean that um, it's your body trying to make more estrogen and progesterone. So it does mean that those hormones are dropping. So if you do have menopause symptoms, taking plant-based hormones can work really well for a lot of the symptoms. <coughs> Sorry, excuse me, Patricia. Frog in my throat. So... Um, so I would recommend if there's symptoms taking something like the Dr. Vogel menopause support or the other lovely one that we get great feedback on is the NHP natural health practice. It's the Dr. Marilyn Glenville supported one and she's the expert on female hormones and it's called menoherbal support. And the last one, again, this will be hard to get because it's more of a nutrient advanced one. You'll have to get it through a practitioner. They do one called the Mega Mag Perimenopause Plus and the feedback on that is superb. So it's, it's um, a kind of a powdered-based one, and it is very, very good for all of the different um, symptoms like brain fog, low anxiety, poor sleep, hot flushes, sore, achy bones. It does the whole lot. And then in terms of vitamin D for bones, once your estrogen drop, drops, you are at more at risk of osteoporosis. So taking a vitamin D would be very important. It's good, actually, to take it with vitamin K because they both work very well together to build healthy bone. So what you're looking for is a D3 and a K2. So D3, K2, and you will get them in combination in a health shop. So taking them both together, if you've no symptoms, will just assure that your bones will stay healthy. Okay, and that was general advice because a lot of people are suffering with, with hot flushes and night sweats. And somebody else is making the point that they're feeling cold all the time and it's because of hot flushes. Is that normal that you'll end up feeling cold because you're getting so many hot flushes? It could be, absolutely, yeah. Patricia. Um, it could be because once you've got the flush, I suppose, you've got a mild amount of sweat and then sweat is always very cooling. I mean, I think we don't understand why women get hot flushes, but I do think it has to have something to do with the thyroid. And this is now me purely trying to join dots here, Patricia, yeah. because like women as well after menopause would start noticing they put weight on and very hard to lose it, particularly around the middle. So that is definitely a thyroid um, change in the thyroid. And it's very, thyroid is responsible for temperature control. So it keeps us hot or it keeps us cold. And when our temperature drops, the thyroid is supposed to rev up. So I think there must be some role to play there in um, hot flushes and the hot sweats and the weight gain with menopause. But I think really, and because I'm only joining the dots and I don't know the direct links, I think just to be on the safe side, supporting the thyroid with some kelp, it's a natural way to do it because kelp is a seafood. It comes from the seaweed kelp and there's lots of other nutrients in there and it'll just make sure that your thyroid has what's got what it needs to work. Okay, we've been talking a lot about the source of life gold over the last number of weeks. Somebody wants to know, can an elderly person taking medication, would it be okay to give that person the source of life gold? It should be fine, Patricia. The only thing I worry about the source of life gold is that there is a small amount of ginseng in there. Now, ginseng can be contraindicated with people with high blood pressure. If you're on a blood pressure tablet and it's well managed, it shouldn't be an issue for you um, because you're not, you know, but don't take it long term. If you just wanted to take it as a tonic for a month, it should be absolutely fine. 
So that would be the only thing I'd worry about if somebody had uncontrolled high blood pressure. Other than that, it's safe to take with everything. Okay, and what would you recommend are the best best fish oils to use, particularly for stiff joints, which are much more painful in cold weather? This person is already, it's Irene, is already taking joint complex from Revive Active. Okay, yeah. The, now, the joint complex is a nice one because it, it's got collagen in there and it's also got stuff for bones. So it's got your vitamin D and it's got your vitamin K and all of the things. So it's great for osteoarthritis as well. The fish oils are a lovely addition because they work as a natural anti-inflammatory. That's how they work for joint pain, really, not because they do anything particularly to the joint, but because on the whole they're anti-inflammatories. And that's why they're healthy for your heart and healthy for your brain. So I love fish oils as a supplement. They do so many good jobs. So what you're really looking for is something that's quite high in EPA, which is the anti-inflammatory, and DHA isn't as important, but if it's high, it's it's a great one to have as well. The one that we recommend all the time here is the um, Unocardio 1000. It's um, by a company called WHC, and it's a very pure, very high-strength oil, and it's got vitamin D in there as well. But if you can't get that, there are lots of good brands. Wiley's is a very good brand. Um, I know that the... Um, Minami, which is a kind of a, a, a pharmacy-based uh, brand as well. People can get those and they do ones that are very high. You're looking for about five to 600 milligrams of EPA and maybe one or 200 milligrams of DHA. But it's very hard, Patricia, to choose a good fish oil because they'll often say 1,000 milligrams of omega-3. But actually, if you look into it, it's quite low in the EPA and DHA. Yeah. But that's what you're looking for on the side of the box. OK, and you'll put up all of the information on all of the items we mentioned uh, on your website, healthhubstore.com, this afternoon as heard on the radio. Annalise, pleasure as always to have yeah. you on the programme. Thank you for all and of thanks, your slots and, throughout the and year. And I wish you all and all your listeners a very happy Christmas and peaceful New Year. Well, many happy returns and we'll talk again in January. Thanks, Patricia. Thanks for Happy that. Bye bye, bye bye. Happy Christmas. Annalise Drissel, the Health Hub, Times Square, Balancholic. Nutritional advice on C103 with Somega, Ireland's purest range of health supplements to get you through winter. Better nutrition, better health with Somega, a West Cork company. GoSomega.com. And by the way, when I mentioned about a listener who is working as a home help and has to work over the Christmas on the bank holidays and not going to get additional pay for it, and I was quite taken aback and wondering, is it fair? And I was saying, it doesn't sound very fair. And I was wondering, was that person working for the HSC or was it for a private company? John Paul said he's a number of, com- of calls in and I've seen some texts in as well from Home Helps to say they're working over the bank holiday without getting additional pay. They are Home Helps working with the HSC. So that's where I wrap it up for today. My thanks to John Paul and McNamara for producing today and indeed for the year because he's off on his holidays. I'm back with you though tomorrow morning at 10. Until then I'm Patricia Messenger. Very good afternoon. Nick Richards next. Court today on C103. With Sean Cusack Insurance's Kinsale. Now part of McCarthy Insurance Group. Want great advice? You know who to talk to. CMIG.ie. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact? You can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, 
Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.